0: Get your midweek. Oh, gotta get your midweek. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get your midweek. Oh, get your midweek. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get your midweek. Oh, gotta get your midweek. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get your midweek. Oh, Oh,
1: Welcome back to another week of Midweek with LFCD. My name is Gray, and as always, I am your host, and we are here on this, our seventh episode. Before we hop in today, I wanted to give you a brief update on our podcast. This past week, we eclipsed the 800 download mark, so thank you guys for listening and sharing with your friends. We've had listeners from California, Texas, Colorado, Nebraska, Missouri, Illinois, a surprisingly large number from Wisconsin, a handful from Michigan, New York, Ohio, and many other states. We've had listeners from Canada, Spain, Romania, and from one unknown country. And more great news, I received word from Apple yesterday that our podcast is now available in Afghanistan and Serbia. Our podcast is designed to speak specifically with people who are in one way or another connected to LFCD, but it's been cool to see how these connections reach around our country and even around our world. So thanks again for listening and being a part of our community. Now let's move on to our Q&A with Michael. All right Michael, we are back on my back porch ready to talk through a few more questions left over from the Q&A this past Sunday. Uh, you gave your sermon on patience and we are caught up from previous weeks, so we only have 3 questions today. So we'll make this short and sweet.
0: Excellent.
1: All right Michael, we'll start off with one you touched on a little bit after the service but wanted to hear if you had any more thoughts. You mentioned that we can ask for the fruits of the spirit uh, during your sermon. And so do, the question is do we really have to ask for the fruit
2: yeah, so I, I hit on this at the end and thought um probably worth circling back to because there's a really great point in this. So when I was talking about asking for the fruit of the Spirit, I think the, the better statement of that would have been to uh, ask the Holy Spirit to help us respond in the moment with patience, with joy, with love. because uh, And I appreciate the question because it, it helps draw out a really important point. As a Christian, if you are a Christian, if you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is working in you, is shaping you. And so the fruit of the Spirit is growing in you, even if it's really immature fruit. In these tough moments or in the moments uh, where our character can really be cultivated, I'm just encouraging us to take the moment and ask the Holy Spirit to help us respond in patience, help us respond in joy, help us respond in love. So what I'm really trying to emphasize there is because this is a partnership, not an equal partnership, as I may have said once or twice, uh, but a partnership. uh, How do partnerships succeed? They succeed when the partners are in good communication with each other. So that's really what I'm encouraging is good communication between you and the Holy Spirit, especially in those defining moments uh, where you ask the Spirit for the um, the empowerment, the help to respond, for instance, in patience, when it would be really easy to respond in a, in a different way. Thanks.
1: That's a, a good clarifier. And our next question uh, kind of pairs well. Are there examples or times or circumstances where Jesus was impatient?
2: Well, great. Uh, what are your thoughts? What am I <laughs> <laughs> This is a, another, I mean, I have so appreciated the engagement with all this. These are all fabulous questions. Um, and, and so on this one, you know, uh, on a first, a first reading, certainly we could point to instances where Jesus does seem to be uh, impatient. Examples that come would be once or twice in his ministry. He overturned tables in the temple. People were trying to make money in the temple, and he overturned their tables. He uh, one, one time cursed a fig tree because it had no figs on it. That's a really interesting passage that uh, Holly or Bud or Gray is going to preach on one day. And then uh, there, uh, another one that comes to mind is when he tells Peter, get behind me, Satan. Mm-hmm. And, and so Peter was actually the one who wrote how patient Jesus was. So I think it's interesting that he was on the, the receiving end of, of that and then wrote about Jesus' patience. So how do we get to the same sort of view as Peter? Um, Well, I guess I would suggest a few things. One is I sometimes, and maybe you do too, I sometimes view God as stoic, but I think that's wrong. And the reason I think it's wrong is I look at Jesus who makes the invisible God visible. He's fully God, fully human. Jesus was no stoic. Jesus felt things deeply. Sometimes he got very angry. Sometimes he got very frustrated. Uh, I imagine he also laughed really deeply. I, you know, from that deep, deep par- part of your belly where you, the best laughs come from. So, Jesus is no stoic, and so we can point to, and I think this is the way to think of those instances. We can point to some very spirited things Jesus did, and some very spirited ways he responded. And I don't think we need to hear patience as meaning we can't be spirited, or that we almost have to be like robots or stoic. We can still feel things deeply. What I would think that Jesus did and point out that I believe he did is that he never let his emotions get the better of him so so he was in charge of his emotions his emotions were not in charge of him and so in each of those instances he was able to respond with what the situation needed and I think that's what Peter came to see even though being told get behind me Satan is probably not not at the top of your your list uh of things you want to have happen to you Jesus stayed in control of his emotions even as they were big and strong and deep emotions. And thus he was able to respond with what the situation needed. So I might encourage us to something similar and say as we look to Jesus, we see that there's more to patience than just being. It's not being passive and it's not just being calm all the time. There's a way to be patient and spirited in the same moment. And I think Jesus points us to that. And I appreciate this question for, for helping us dig a little deeper into uh, into what seems at first curious, and sometimes we learn more by doing that.
1: That's a good question and a good answer. So lastly, uh, is homemade butter similar to fresh eggs? Can you explain why this question might w- might have popped up?
2: This, this I, I may have to retract my statement that all these are very good questions. <laughs> so if you tuned in at the very beginning on Sunday... Uh, you would have heard our musicians were having a discussion as they were playing the welcome music. We we try to start the stream a little before 10 so people can log on. And then we play music for a few minutes to help people gather and, and work out any technological glitches. The musicians were having a discussion about homemade butter versus store-bought butter and then fresh eggs versus store-bought eggs. uh, That's not related to the content of the morning necessarily, but you'll have to remember we've been together there for hours by the time folks are tuning in at 10. And so in the same way we would laugh together and talk about all kinds of things when we gather as a church family, that's what we were doing and kind of welcoming you into the space as we did. So I'm not sure to the actual question of homemade butter and fresh eggs, I'm not aware that our denomination has a stance on those matters. But I'm going to check, and uh, and if there is anything to report, I'll make sure we're in compliance with uh, with Good and Sound Theology on uh, on home- homemade butter and fresh eggs. If any of you know anything about homemade butter and fresh eggs, please let us know so we can have more informed pre-service discussions in the future. Very nice.
1: Well, thank you, Michael. We'll have more Q&A next week. But now we're going to hear another original song from one of our musicians. This week we're hearing from my former summer intern, the king of the Keurig himself, Noah Batkey. Noah, the floor is yours.
3: Hey, everybody. This is Noah. You might recognize me as a former missions and campus ministry intern with Lake Forest Church or as an occasional Sunday morning fiddler. But either way, I'm so excited to be here to share an original song with you this week. So this particular song actually came out of this past Easter. Um, It is an Easter-themed song. I I had this... Refrain or or chorus kind of pop into my head um, around Easter time, and it stuck with me for a little while. So I tried to to turn that into a song, and that's that's this particular song. It's basically just a, a meditation on the joys of the resurrection, I guess, plain and simple. Um, so I hope you enjoy. I uh, asked for just uh, a little patience. It's kind of rough still. I haven't had a whole lot of opportunity to share it yet. Um, so yeah, just be aware of that as I'm kind of working out some of the kinks still, but I hope you enjoy it. It's called He is Risen.
0: to down, Christ is King.
1: Thanks, Noah. That was fantastic, and a great echo of Easter here a few weeks later. Speaking of Easter and Good Friday, this week's reading is a callback to Holy Week and is an excerpt from a book by American theologian and former Duke professor Stanley Hauerwas. It's called Resident Aliens, Life in the Christian Colony. Reading for us today is Mr. Jake Hall. Here's Jake.
3: The cross is not a sign of the church's quiet, suffering submission to the powers that be but rather the Church's revolutionary participation in the victory of Christ over those powers. The cross is not a symbol for general human suffering and oppression. Rather, the cross is a sign of what happens when one takes God's account of reality more seriously than Caesar's. The cross stands as God's and our eternal no to the powers of death as well as God's eternal yes to humanity. God's remarkable determination not to leave us to our own devices.
1: Thank you, Jake. Lastly, we'll close today with a psalm. Psalm for today is number 126, which will be read for us by Georgia Kruger. Here's Georgia Psalm 126 from the English Standard Version When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negeb. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy bringing his sheaves with him. Amen. As we close, go into this week remembering that, as the psalmist tells us, the Lord will turn our tears into songs of joy. The Lord is redeeming all things and making all things new. Go in peace. Well, folks, that wraps up another episode in another week. Time is flying by. We'll be back next week on Wednesday with episode eight. We'll hope to catch you there.
0: Oh. Get your midweek Yeah, 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 yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah